Hey, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. How are you? It's been a week. What has happened? (laughs) I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host. I'm also a speaker and author and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood. And the Claim the Stage podcast is a space for you, a woman who is interested in discovering, awakening, and creating your voice through the art of public speaking. And we talk about all things public speaking. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about four really important elements of public speaking and how to reframe them. And this concept of reframing is so critical in every area of life because what it does is changes the way you respond to things. And that means it gives you a moment to pause and think, is this actually a good thing? Is this something that I could be good at? Is this something that could eventually help me? And there are four elements of the public speaking journey that we're going to talk about specifically today because they come up all the time. I'm constantly asked about these in my speaker sisterhood clubs. I'm asked about them at speaking engagements. I get emails about them. And because they're constantly on the minds of those of you who are really trying to get better at this skill, I thought, let me package them all into one episode and we'll talk about them today. And hopefully they'll give you a new way of looking at and approaching these four crucial elements of public speaking. But before we jump into that, I have two announcements. One is I am going to start recording these podcast episodes live using Facebook Live. We did a test yesterday and it was a little... a little all over the place, but we figured it out. (laughs) And now you can watch these episodes on Facebook. And you can do that by friending me on Facebook, Angela Lucier. And then you'll be able to view whatever episode I'm recording at that time. You can ask questions and you'll get to see the glitter closet. So for those of you who have been listening for a while, you may be wondering, what does the glitter closet look like? What do those cross-country skis look like that I hear all the time (laughs) in the episodes? So I'm not going to do that with today's episode, but um, the next couple will be interviews and I will have those going live and I'll, I'll also archive them so you can watch them later if you also like to watch instead of just listening on the podcast. Second announcement, today, September 20th, 2017, is the last day to register for my speaking school for women. We are kicking it off next Tuesday, and I'm just about to close the doors and get this thing started. So if you're thinking about joining this year, I would say now is the time. <laughs> the um, registration closes at 9 o'clock tonight. So I... I This is the last time I'm going to be teaching this in this format live online over the course of six weeks. If you like that model, you might want to get in on it right now because in the future, it's going to be totally different just because the speaker sisterhood, my my other love is growing like crazy. And I know that it's going to take up a lot more of my time. And I want to make sure that the speaking school doesn't fall away, but I also know it can't be done this way anymore. So this is your chance to get in on it. If you're trying to build a brand for yourself, you're trying to become a paid speaker and include speaking in your business or in your leadership plan in a different way, 
This class is so much more than just learning how to put together a speech and pitching yourself. There are so many spiritual and emotional and deeper elements to it that help you to unlock the answers to questions you may have been asking yourself for a long time that will give more clarity to your path and also help tie a lot of different things together. And if you have questions about what it's like and what the women of the speaking school have gotten out of it, you can listen back to episodes 34 and 35 and also a recent episode um, two weeks ago, uh, 62, where I, epi- I interviewed some of the other women who have gone through it. So you can learn from their stories and what they experienced and jump in because it's going to be a ton of fun. And I love teaching it. I love watching the transformation. And if it's something, if you're looking for something in your life to help answer some questions and get clear and feel unstuck and just go on an adventure, this is for you. (laughs) Okay. So that's it for the announcements. We're all up to date. And now I want to jump into the, into the episode and talk to you about this concept of reframing. Reframe number one, public speaking. (laughs) That's right. We're going to actually reframe the whole concept of public speaking rather than thinking about it as this anxiety provoking activity or this thing that makes you feel like you have to change the world when you do it or the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Everything is riding on this moment and you must be perfect and you must be polished and you must be hilarious and you must be entertaining and you better rock everyone's world. Instead of thinking about it like that, what if instead you thought of public speaking as being in service to your audience? We reframe it as being in service. How does that feel? Does it feel a little bit more relaxing? (laughs) Do you do volunteer work or have you done volunteer work? If so, then you know what it's like to be in service. And you've probably been in service in various roles in your job and, you know, in your family and friendships. I mean, we're always in service to others in various ways. And when you're up on stage speaking, it's your opportunity to be in service to your audience. And that means being there for them, not for you. That means showing up with this attitude of, I'm here to give. I am here to enlighten you, to inspire you, to educate you. I want to help you in some way. It's not your responsibility to, you know, not only give them the information, but also then handhold them to change their life. You're up there to get them to think differently about something, to just give them a new way of looking at their life. And if you've done that, then you've been in service to them. And one way you can be in service to your audience is to make sure that you talk about things that get you excited. There's nothing worse than sitting in the audience and watching a speaker who is bored. Because if if you're a speaker and you're bored, guess who else is bored? Yeah, your audience. They're thinking about what they're going to eat after (laughs) the workshop or presentation ends. They're wondering, did I shut off the stove this morning? They're thinking about calling somebody when they leave. They're, they're not paying attention, I promise. So a way to be in service to your audience is to bring enthusiasm to your topic by making sure you're talking about things that you're passionate about to begin with. And if you're required to talk about something that you're not passionate about, find an angle you care about and use that angle to get excited. 
And I remember years ago, I was asked to do a social media training series for women in business. And it was a five-month series. Once a month, I went for three hours and I trained them on different social media platforms. And I did it because it paid well, not because I love talking about social media. And this is where I learned that it's not fair to your audience to give speeches about things you don't care about. But what I learned in the second month was I can approach this topic from whatever angle I want, and I can make it exciting for me. And when I'm excited, I can get my audience excited. So instead of just talking about, make sure you post three times a day on Facebook and make sure you're offering valuable content, instead, I I turned it into a branding exercise. Like, what is your brand and what do you really want to express to the world and share? And how do you want to get people excited? And then the tactical stuff came at the end. You know, we spent a lot of time thinking about messaging and inspiration. And that's the stuff that gets me excited and helping people tell their stories. And then I was like, okay, by the way, you need to post that three times a day. And maybe in a mix of pictures and videos and text. And that got the audience excited about it because I was excited about it. So always make sure that you're coming from a place of passion and authenticity and real enthusiasm because that is 100% being in service to your audience. So that is your first reframe, reframing public speaking as being in service to others. Your second reframe is reframing the first time. If you're still new to public speaking in any capacity, whether it's getting on stage at a conference or just raising your hand in a staff meeting, you know what it feels like right before you're going to speak. You feel your hands start to sweat. You feel your stomach start to hurt maybe or feel a little queasy. You may feel your face turn red. Your whole body might get hot. There's a huge physiological response going on within you just at the thought of saying something. And if we can reframe that very moment right there, then you can get over that and actually say your piece and, and, and raise your hand. But if we get stuck in, oh my God, everyone's going to laugh at me. I'm sweating already and I haven't even opened my mouth. <laughs> it's really hard to actually express what you want to say. So let's reframe the first time or, or that time to an adventure. It's no longer about having the most important comment in the room, looking smart, being right, being the best, or being perfect. It's about going on an adventure and expressing yourself just to see what it feels like. Just to say, hey, I did it. Oh my God, I didn't die. Wow, that was uncomfortable, but I could probably do that again. Let's see what happens next time. And not being attached to the outcome of how your audience responds to it, but instead paying attention to how you respond to it. Because the more you open your mouth and try it, the more you surprise yourself and realize how capable you are. And when you realize how capable you are, you build confidence in yourself. And when you build confidence in yourself, public speaking becomes really easy. But the first step is just doing it. So reframing that first time from perfection to adventure helps you to do that. So every time you're getting on stage, getting in front of a group, expressing yourself in a meeting, remember the word adventure. I'm just going to try this and see how it goes. I'm not going to be attached to the outcome. I'm not going to try to be anything. I'm just going to do this and see how that goes. I promise it will change everything for you. 
The third reframe is reframing fear. And fear is such a big part of public speaking. As you may have heard, public speaking is the number one fear above death. And this makes a lot of sense if you look at our evolution and our biology. We have a fight or flight mechanism within us that is activated every time we think about raising our hand or giving a speech. And that's good. That means your body's doing what it's supposed to do, except that mechanism hasn't been updated in a very long time. So it doesn't know that you're not in any actual danger when you're going to get up and give a speech. It still thinks that by separating yourself from the pack, you are at risk of being eaten by a big hairy animal. And that's the truth. That is exactly why that happens. So if you can override that fear by telling yourself, this fear is trying to protect me and keep me safe, but there is nothing dangerous about public speaking. And I, I just want to back up that, that point because I know I've given over 700 presentations and I have never once been eaten on stage. And I know a lot of other public speakers who also have not been eaten on stage. I've actually never heard of anyone being eaten on stage. So there's a good chance that won't happen to you. So you can work with that fight or flight mechanism and understand it and know that it will always be there because it is trying to keep you safe, but it does not know the difference between real danger and perceived danger. And public speaking is perceived danger. So what you need to do is reframe fear from being something that controls you to being something that is your friend. And when you can look at fear as something that is there to come along for the ride and not be in charge, you will get so much more done and you will accomplish those goals that you think you can't accomplish and you will give speeches you think you can't give and you'll write books you think you can't write because you are now in control and the fear is in the backseat. And if you listen to my episode about Stop Smashing Fear a couple of weeks ago, you know that I've befriended my fear. I've named my fear Frank. And Frank always comes up on stage with me to give speeches, but Frank isn't in charge when I'm on stage. He is off to the side playing a video game, eating a snack. You know, I give him an activity and I tell him I got this, but he's still there and that's fine. I'm not going to try to like punch him in the face or, you know, like they say, crush fear. I'm just going to let him hang out there. So if you can invite fear to the conversation and to the activity, but be in charge, you have won. And this is something that takes some time to master and to really understand. But when you realize that you are not your fear and you can control it, you're unstoppable. So tip number three here is to reframe your fear from something you have to crush and dominate and overcome to something you want to invite alongside you, but also control. Reframe number four, reframe yourself. This is so huge. The way we think about ourselves is what determines what we do. If we think we can't do something, then guess what? We're not going to do it. If we think we're not smart enough, we're not going to apply for that position. If we think we're not experienced enough or pretty enough, we're not going to go ask that person on a date. You know, all of these stories and beliefs we have about ourselves are the things that control our behaviors. And if we can change the stories and the beliefs, then we can change the behaviors and therefore change the outcomes. And I did a really great exercise at a conference last summer. I was in the audience at a women's conference, and the woman running the presentation put a list of leadership 
values up on the board. I think there were about 25. And she said, pick the top three that best describe you. And I picked creative, friendly, and kind, something like that. And she said, now turn to the person sitting next to you and tell her the three words you picked and then tell her a little bit about yourself. So I did that. And after I told her my three words, I talked about my business and my public speaking journey and my books. And she just looks at me with this super confused look like, like I was a monkey. Like I was, I I don't even, (laughs) she looked just totally befuddled. I said, what's wrong? She goes, why didn't you pick bold as one of your three words? And I said, I don't, I don't think I'm bold. And then she almost fell off her chair. I mean, like blown away, shocked and said, I've only known you for 30 seconds and you're one of the boldest people I've ever met. And I just looked at her and I said, really? (laughs) I don't, I don't think I'm bold. And she said, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. You're not bold. And we went back to the the workshop and I never talked to her again. And I got in my car at the end of the conference and I'm driving home and I'm thinking, am I bold? Is it possible that I'm someone who's bold? I don't know about that. And I kept kind of rolling it around in my head and I'm like, I guess I'm bold. Like, yeah, I kind of, I did the speaking thing and I was really scared and yeah, I wrote these books and I started this business and yeah, I've made out some other choices that People might consider bold. And by the end of the drive home, I had convinced myself just through thinking through lots of different examples that I am, in fact, bold. And when I woke up the next morning, I had felt like I had fully embodied this this essence of boldness. And when I went to get dressed that morning, I thought, all right, so what does a bold person wear? I'm going to wear that, like whatever. (laughs) And like all of a sudden I had become bold because this woman told me I was bold. And I thought, how crazy is that? That it took a complete stranger to tell me who I am and what I can do. And it made me realize how powerful those stories are that we tell ourselves about who we are and who we're not. So when I say reframe yourself, that means trying on, like, you know, getting into a mental dressing room where you try on different, different values, different characteristics. Maybe you don't think of yourself as courageous, but you probably are. Think of examples in your life where you've been courageous and then embody that. Imagine you're already someone who's courageous. You're already someone who's empowering, who's visionary, who's innovative, who's bold, and see how your life changes. I remember 10 years ago, before I really started speaking, sitting in staff meetings thinking, well, I can't raise my hand because I never speak. And if I speak up, then people are going to look at me and go, who the hell does she think she is? She never talks. And everyone's going to be freaked out and wondering what's wrong with me. And I'm going to throw everything off. But really, that's not true. And you know what? If people are surprised, let them be surprised. That's not the worst thing in the world. I'd rather surprise someone than always be so consistent that there's no room for change. And it's if your coworkers or your team or your clients are surprised by your new courage and your new confidence, they'll get over it. They'll be fine. And they'll probably really appreciate and enjoy it. So reframing yourself starts with you. And it starts with thinking about the person you want to become and then believing that you're already that person. And it's a lot easier than you think. And and it really goes back to looking at the actions you've taken already that are consistent with what a person like that would do. 
So today we talked about reframing. We reframed public speaking. We reframed the first time you speak up. We reframed the fear that comes along with public speaking. And then we reframed you. So when this podcast is over in a few minutes, I want you to think about the one of the four that resonated most with you. Where is it that you're stopping yourself? Where's, what, what piece of this is getting in your way because you're thinking of it in a way that is overwhelming, scary, you know, too uncomfortable, and reframe it. And I want you to take an action step. What are you going to do to reframe that for yourself? How are you going to use these new tools? And if you'd like to email me and say, hey, keep me accountable, I'm emailing you right now, I will help you. I really believe in this, and I know that it can make a difference, and you don't have to do it by yourself. So that does it for today's episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please think about leaving a review and rating the show on iTunes as it does help more people to find it. And the show is growing. We have listeners in 75 countries, which is crazy. (laughs) I need to visit all of them, so just send me your address. And I also want to say, once again, this is your last chance to sign up for the Speaking School for Women. Would love to have you. This is an amazing opportunity to connect with other women, find out more about yourself, and build a really clear path for the next year, two years, three years that incorporates this amazing, awesome tool of public speaking. So that does it for me this week, you guys. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.